This is Not Quite Dead, a gal pal horror movie discussion podcast. We do deep dives on our favorite scary movies, but sometimes we really just like to keep it shallow. I'm your host, Kate. I'm Megan. Get ready for all the spoilers. Forever Purge, and we have Brett Lee with us today. Hello, everyone. Brett is involved with two YouTube channels surrounding uh, Warhammer and Age of Sigmar, Tabletop Titans, which focuses on the tactics of the games, and Hobby Titans, which celebrates everything that there is to offer from the hobby of miniature games. So welcome to the show, Brett. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, we, uh, we, paint, we paint plastic spacemen with a camera turned on us. It's a little weird, but uh, if you're into it, it's a really good show. You know, and it's it's not really horror related. You know, people might be wondering why you're here. Um, <laughs> we, uh, we went to the drive-in together to see this. Um, and Brett's not really a movie guy, so we thought it'd be fun to just bring him on and pick his brain. You're, you're, you're vaguely related, I think, to horror, Brett, because, uh, the, the game that your show centers around, it is dark as fuck. Yeah, it's it's uh it's sort of the most horrifying. You can't think about it too seriously because if you do, it's the most horrifying. Yeah. I completely agree. <laughs> My loose understanding is like space genocide or something. I don't really know. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> if you take yeah, if you take every horrifying thing about humanity and at some point it's happened in this in this intellectual property in in no small quantity either it's like on a on a galaxy-wide scale it's it's pretty awful uh so you just don't think about it too much you can't i i i'm starting an army brett i don't know if if zach told you but um i'm starting an age of sigmar army and i was reading the lore just to get you know my head in the right space and i and i was like Wow, I really don't like this army. They're jerks. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, and maybe we'll get to this in a little bit too. But um, they—they're trying to make everybody the bad guy in in the universe, in this universe. Yeah. And uh, you know, I think that's what's com- in some ways compelling about it is that there are there are no good guys. Everyone's got their their flaws. Um, and I feel like you know, everyone has dimension to their character. There's uh, there's nuance. The bad guys are good guys, and the good guys are bad guys. It's all based on your perspective. Yeah, uh, perspective. That's a really good way of putting it. Brett, do you like horror movies? I generally don't like paying money to have people scare the shit out of me. <laughs> uh, I, when I was a kid, I really didn't like roller coasters for that reason either. But yeah, I think you know, I I, I didn't really feel like this was a scary movie. I was not. I was not really scared by it. It was it was gory. It was a thriller. It was suspenseful, but I didn't feel like I was scared at any point. If that makes sense, it totally does. I think that we have 
had this great debate with so many movies that we've watched is is it a horror movie or is it a thriller movie marketed as a horror movie i think i think the purge movies kind of generally fall into that there's not too Mm. many jump scares in this one yeah i feel like the characters in the movie we're discussing were pretty one-dimensional i feel like there was a lot of (laughs) uh, a lot of very bad characters and a lot of like sort of almost two good characters uh and it and it made it there were some moments that were a little bit unbelievable as a result but you know i th- i feel like the they could have done with a little bit of a little bit of nuance in their personalities totally everyone was either like a racist caricature like a type of racist yeah. we all know or some sort of minority martyr like if you were a minority you were basically a good guy and if you were rich or a white guy you were you were some sort of racist <laughs> it's very one-dimensional and the level of heroism and like do-goodery was was also like equally as unbelievable as the level of just awful racism you're like i no, <laughs> yeah. i would not run back into that building like i would not do that there's no way that that would happen. There are a lot of bad decisions being made on Purge Night during this movie. And I think yes. Kate should walk us through a synopsis so that we can jump right in. Because I think we are all jumping at the bit here. <laughs> we have just so much to talk about. So I will keep our synopsis uh, very brief this time just to set a little bit of context. So this uh, Forever Purge movie is a direct sequel to the previous Purge election year. We are eight years out from election year. So President Roan's term has ended and America is right back where they started. New founding fathers have retaken uh, the presidential office and immediately reinstated the purge. And we've got two tracks that we're really following in this movie. One of our tracks is with the wealthy white Texan family, the Tuckers, and The other is with a couple, Juan and Adela, who are recent immigrants to the United States who are experiencing their first ever purge. And as you may have guessed from the title of this movie, uh, Purge Night is not just a night anymore. It is now a ongoing forever and ever after purge in this new situation. We've talked about this before, Kate. Like what prompts somebody to actually follow the rules and stop at 7 a.m. and wait until 7 p.m.? You know, I really, as one note as this movie series can end up being, I do appreciate that they keep pushing each movie to its logical conclusion. And it's, it's a little funny that it's taken until the fifth installment of this series to really address, you know, what would make these maniacs stop at 7 a.m. when those um, purge sirens go off watching yeah Yeah. so we just watched the uh, the first purge last night in fact like the first purge the first purge so 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 yeah so have not have not seen any of the other movies in the series but we watched the first purge because Meg suggested that we it would be interesting to watch through the series in chronological order so Mm -hmm. So we watched the first Purge, and which is the fourth movie. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and in that one, they had contact lenses. 
Um, and I'm assuming yes. at some point they get rid of the contact lenses uh, because we didn't see them in the forever purge. But that seems to me to be an interesting way to solve the plot issue that you just brought up, Kate. That like these the, at 7 a.m. after a night of purging, there a, a switch gets flipped and all of a sudden murder becomes illegal again. But if you if you can tune into everybody's vision, you can keep track of that. Without contact lenses, yeah. there's no way of knowing. Definitely. I think that uh, the contact lenses in the first purge was um, limited just to that n night so that they can really try and play up that news angle of look at this live feed from active purgers who are having a time of their life massacring their fellow Staten Islanders. I think in one of the other movies, they do establish that um, there's a lot more security cameras in general. Yeah. In, in election year. In election year. That's right. So um, it's interesting that you've only seen, um, you know, a couple of the movies and going through them in chronological order now um, because of the world building that happens through some of the other ones. Um, they do, which does not come up in this movie, unfortunately, but they do establish that um, there's a very big brother element to major city centers now where there's just a way more security cameras. And that's supposed to be a pretty big deterrent um, from people starting early or going beyond um, the time frame that they've been given. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think, Brett, you bring up a good point, though. They had these contact lenses, and it made it very easy to pinpoint and uh, monitor things on a granular level. So by taking the contact lenses away, it kind of makes it pretty obvious that they don't really care all that much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were willing to invest all of this money and effort in screening people and uh, giving out all this technology when they were trying to push their agenda. But as soon as they'd already got the purge established as an entity and legalized it, now we're just, all we care about is killing as many people as possible. <laughs> <laughs> I was really waiting for the other shoe to drop in this movie, that it was the the government all along. And the the kind of stinger at the end where, I mean, this movie does not really know how to be subtle, but when they're like, no. the, the new founding father's party is tearing itself apart because it can't control its supporters. Like, wink, wink. I was like, oh, man, guys. <laughs> okay. Come on. <laughs> that happens a lot during this movie. Yeah, I think that was uh, hinted at heavily in the preview as well, that the Forever Purge was a thing that was orchestrated by the government just to, like, turn it up to 11. They're like, hey, you know it would be even better? Instead of one night a year, what if it was just all the time? And then... Can't stop, won't stop. Yeah. And then that turned out not to be the case. It wasn't, it wasn't the government. Spoiler alert. It wasn't the government behind the Forever Purge. It was just people not not caring about the video cameras it was just trump supporter stand-ins <laughs> <laughs> well i want to talk about just how many people were in this movie i think it was surprising just the sheer number of b-listers that they were able to stack this cast with what did you think about that i i loved it i I was like, I recognize you and you were in that movie and you're that guy, but I couldn't remember anybody's names. It took me half the movie to remember Josh Lucas's name. 
<laughs> so many B-listers. Yeah, Josh Lucas of uh, Sweet Home Alabama fame. <laughs> That's what I remember him from. What about you? Uh, same Sweet Home Alabama. Okay. I was like, has he been in things since Sweet Home Alabama? He like- has, <laughs> but they're not great. Uh, Zon McLaren. You remember him from Dr. Sleep? Oh, sure. He's, yeah. He's our Native American dude. Right. Uh, Cassidy Freeman, uh, a.k.a. Discount Elizabeth Banks. She looks just like Elizabeth Banks. She really does. We uh, we saw her in Righteous Gemstones. I don't know if you watch that show. It's hilarious. I have not it's got a, that one. It's like a, it's a Danny McBride classic on HBO right now. Totally love it. Um, and then Anna de la Reguera, who's in another Danny McBride show, Eastbound and Down. Um, that's all I've ever seen her in. But she's in a lot of telenovelas, and she's a Mexican um, actress. Um, and then, of course, Will Patton. I know we're all familiar with Will Patton. Maybe not Brett. <laughs> Brett doesn't know who any of these people are. No, you're, you're, you're naming these names, and you're like, maybe you've seen him in this this show and I'm like no <laughs> try, try the next one maybe I'll get maybe I'll maybe I'll refer to the next person I haven't, haven't seen a lot of movies I think it's great I think it's good um to have your perspective in here um especially going over this movie that is so deep into this franchise at this point it's always funny to kind of get an introduction at this point in a series because <laughs> when it's supposed to be over basically the, yeah so this was intended to be the last movie in the purge series when it was written and filmed um it was written to be the final installment they brought in a new director everardo gout um who has only uh directed a handful of other things um they gave him a pretty uh, stacked budget, though. Um, but these movies just print cash. Like, people love the Purge movies. So uh, it, they had an $18 million budget. It's only been out for about three weeks now, and it's made $41 million oh at the domestic box office. Um, I do believe that it is the highest grossing, quote-unquote, post-pandemic movie is what they're calling it. Okay. Um, just, like, ignore the Delta variant and whatnot. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean... These movies have um, cycled through different directors in um, in each of them, different screenwriters, um, all, all produced through the same production house, um, Bloomhouse. I felt like this one, with its heavy, heavy emphasis on immigration from Mexico and that kind of Texas tension of, you know, these rich white people um, <laughs> who have, you know, Mexican labor on hand and then like hate Mexican people. Uh, I was glad that they had a, a Mexican director uh, at the helm for this one. Kate, you mentioned that this was supposed to be the last movie. Is that a heavy implication that there is that they're going to continue the series? It is. So, um, I have not heard that. <laughs> uh, you should guess what their next concept is going to be. <laughs> I can't guess. I know the answer. <laughs> uh, I think it's going to be an overthrow of the government. I think it's going to be like. That's my guess, is that it's going to be normal people being like, you know, this whole purge thing didn't work out. We're not that way. We're gonna, and then like everything just kind of goes back to normal. I love it. That is probably something that if they ever did that, it would be like a post credit scene. Because yeah, that's I feel like true. I feel like mm-hmm. audiences are really in this to see people in their purge costumes and then people pur- <laughs> purging. Yeah. 
I think I think you're right, but I feel like it would be the ultimate the like social recuperation. Yeah, the <laughs> ultimate social commentary. Like this movie is not shy on social commentary. The whole series not shy on social commentary, and like if the final wrap up was like, hey, if if you didn't get it up till this point, like we're here, we're just gonna lay it out for you for real that like people are better than this. <laughs> I I wish. Um, I I love um rewriting movies with Megan to to satisfy um, compelling narrative arcs that these movies tend to just not give us. But the concept for Purge 6 is something that we've actually brought up in our other uh, Purge discussions, which is, again, where is the some of the logical conclusions on this um and it is a global purge what happens when (laughs) the purge uh fever starts to infect other countries and they start having their own purges i wonder if that's kind of playing off of how we got a bunch of really bad leadership all at the same time you know i can see this taking off in the philippines at the moment i mean if you've seen these fairly horrifying videos of um pro-MAGA protesters in Japan, you know, over oh, the last boy. year. It's been, yeah. So I think that the these movies really try and, you know, dial into that zeitgeist. And I think that it's pretty blatant that The Purge is just at this point a extended metaphor for uh, far-right conservatism. What took place in this movie um I felt there were a lot of comparisons to the Middle East, um, particularly at the end when you see everything being lit up (laughs) by burgers. I mean, we're the country is basically at this this point in the movie taken over by like our own type of domestic jihadists. Right. And we're just we're going to like normal, like Brett said, normal folk like you and I are basically going to be battling it out with with these people just to survive. And that's terrifying, actually. The concept, I think, is very scary. Have, have either of you ever known a prepper? Yes. No, what's that? <laughs> I'll be the audience standing. Somebody who's convinced that the world is going to end either due to zombies or virus or that there's going to be an apocalypse in their lifetime. And so they sort of dedicate some percentage of their life, bandwidth, energy, effort, disposable income to preparing for whatever apocalypse they they think is most likely to to... so like blast from the past yeah so i mean what what you're talking about is like if you believe that this is is going to happen that normal people are going to have to fend for their lives during a purge during a purge event then you know it's good to know somebody who who's spent their entire life prepping for this moment i really loved in this movie how the plot gave us um, a reversal of expectations on the actual purge night. Um, they set you up thinking that the Tucker family, um, even with all of their advanced prepper technology that they've got, this technology that we saw in the original purge movie, and then in the parallel, Adela and uh, Juan have paid some amount for a safe house. And you get this rising feeling that something is going to happen, especially at the Tucker house because of their, you know, guy on the security cameras that you can see. Uh, but then they make it through the night very cleanly. Um, you know, there's really no issues. They survive it. And you're like, oh, good for them. Like, we actually got through it. And then, of course, the the, the twist is that 7 a.m. doesn't really stop anyone anymore. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's, I was surprised how quickly 7 a.m. came in this movie. It was like 10 minutes in, and it was like, oh, the, the purge is over. <laughs> Little oh, did you okay, know. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think you even said, like, I wish we could have seen some purging. Yeah, that's right. I should have guessed based on the title of the movie. <laughs> well, how would you rank this episode amongst the other purge movies brett i know you only have one to compare it to but but kate where would you put it on our ranking you know i surprisingly liked this one a lot um i will say that the last third of the movie um essentially when they said over the what are those called those like loudspeaker systems those like announcement systems that the mexican and canadian yeah the mexican and canadian borders would be open for only six hours six hours from that point on my interest started flagging a whole lot um but the first (laughs) two-thirds were um were pretty fun and entertaining i don't think it was my favorite um but i would maybe put this maybe second or third in the list i think that you know the um OG Purge is great. Um I don't even remember what our original rankings were. I know I really liked Anarchy, right? Anarchy was fun. But then like Electioneer was okay. I don't know. Wait, where did you put this one? I can't tell if I like it better or the same as the the Purge, the original Purge. Um I I have our ranking pulled up right now cuz I wasn't sure either, but yeah, I can't tell if I want it third or fourth actually. <laughs> the the we'll have to talk about this in more depth but like the stuff the the beating us over the head with with wokeness kind of was annoying me most of the movie I didn't have an issue with the wokeness but I think that um this movie as I've already said and these all of these movies are not particularly subtle with their messaging but this one was just so over the top and I was like Yes, I think that we've seen from our last two election cycles that people will, in fact, put anything they want onto a sign or onto a T-shirt. And so I guess that checks out in this universe that people would be putting purging is American literally everywhere. But it (laughs) purge barbecue. Yeah, I was. But it was driving me batty how they had their manifestos like pre-recorded and on loop that they were just like blasting from trucks everywhere. I was like, who has the forethought for this? Like, and like, we get it. Like we get that it's white supremacy. I don't think that we need to like be reminded like every like 10 minutes in this movie that that's the case. And, and coming from having not seen any of the purge movies, my assumption uh, going, you know, halfway through this one was that this was just normal that like all the movies were this way, (laughs) that it was just taken, you know, I should just take this for granted that, that this is what happens in this universe. And yeah, like it definitely felt over the top to me, but I was able to, I was able to suspend my disbelief in this instance, having not seen any of the other ones, just be like, oh yeah, that's, that's how it is here. The white supremacists (laughs) are very overt. There were there were so many things in it though, like the um, El Paso forever purgers who were just kind of saying kind of weird racial slurs, like to like, like beaner piece of Juan shit and Adela, just stuff that I don't even want to yeah. like repeat because I'm like a like 
I don't want to be on recording saying that. Um, Megan, I guess you get Whoops. a pass. Um, and then for, <laughs> for the other one. I mean, I'm just quoting the movie. <laughs> for, for the other ones, I was like, is this even a racial slur? Or are they just like making up? things like oh, I, brownie yeah they said brown I was like what is, what even who says that? I know I was like it's so unclever I know um and I was just more like confused than like shocked by that um but the fact that the guy um kept calling his partner mother I was like I know this is a oh pe- my God. I know this is a Pence reference but can you please like stop calling her mother like every single line of dialogue that you have like I get it at this point that's right. I forgot about Pence. I kept thinking of like the Beverly Hillbillies, you know, <laughs> like why is he calling this woman mother? And uh, yeah, it, that's what it reminds me of today too. <laughs> I had forgotten about that as well. Yeah. I mean, those that character was just like this big amalgamation of like all the shitty things that Trump said like in the last like year of, like, not even year of his presidency, but like everything he's ever said ever. But like, the bad hombres and mother that's american music they say about an ak-47 yeah going off yeah that's what americans do they just shoot their assault (laughs) rifles into the air you're against that's what he says you're against the brownies or you're a patriot something like that something really dumb Yeah. yeah it's so corny i know i was just like as these movies have gone brett like the first one is definitely got this undercurrent of this social messaging because it's really oriented around what like a hyper wealthy family who's like profited off of the purge like how do they deal with it when they actually become victims of the purge Mm. and um then each subsequent movie has been directed by a person of color um, or um, been, you know, screenwritten or produced like with people of color and they've focused on different like minority communities. So um, LA, um, New York, DC and Staten Island. And so I, a few of the movies were more oriented around the black experience. And then this one is just like really putting all of its chips in on this border controversy. And I felt like the movie thought that it was like way too clever that like, um, Americans were going to have to become refugees in Mexico. Like this movie, just like I was like, they just had such a shit-eating grin on their face the whole time yeah. they were writing and filming this because they thought it was so like, hey, like look at look at what's going to happen to us guys about the whole thing. And they're they're even led through the through the desert by like an Indian guide, right? I mean, it's so cheesy, and he's like wistfully looking out over the pass as his survivors make it to their destination it's just so goofy I know that you weren't like a fan of like what you called like the woke shit um but I will say that I found it funny when the Native American guide um was like basically like oh we've been dealing with white people bullshit for 500 (laughs) years I was like I was like you know what yeah (laughs) that's fair (laughs) I was like okay but you haven't (laughs) (laughs) I I just get so tired of that. I mean, it's very low hanging fruit to me. I get it. Like I'm, I get the sentiment, of course. But I'm like, this is the purge, you guys. <laughs> Give it a rest. It definitely, yeah. I I definitely got the message. Like the first, maybe the second time, they implied that, oh hey, there's going to be this plot twist where Americans are going to need to go to other other places to be safe, and 
And then they just have their anchor babies. They just kept hammering it. (laughs) Like, okay. Uh, it's at at some point you're like this is this point is made less salient by the fact that you keep repeating it. <laughs> yeah, like how often do you see people in real life who have like a big ass swastika on their face? face? <laughs> right, never. Like they just, it's relentless. It's relentless, and, and and it's in the middle of like a city. It's not like they're these Nazis are like hiding out in like central california or something or green it, yeah. or like green room right like where it's like super rural yeah. like pacific northwest where it's like out in the open yeah, you'll probably swastikas. see a couple 88 tattoos sure like i get it but um i think that for yeah i think that for this one the thing i thought was really interesting was how they tried to make the dad like um a very like centrist conservative what did you think about that they they kind of it's funny because they set it up where the son is actually kind of racist like hey we need to just stay in our lanes and the the father is like hey we stole this land from the native americans i don't know i here's some purge bucks to my mexican helper it was just like you know if you really cared why don't you invite him to stay a and B, uh, they're giving us these lines that we're fed in social media. And it's it's just as annoying when uh, the right does it when they quote Fox, right? Like, but the way issues are watered down into a soundbite. And I feel like that's what he's doing here, but for the left. And it's just as irritating as when the right does it. That's <laughs> what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I struggled with it a a little bit because I felt like for one thing, like the patriarch's generation is definitely the problem. Like if if anyone in this movie was going to be super racist, it was definitely going to be this boomer guy. Like, (laughs) like, so, okay, we gave him a little like break on that. But I felt like it was weirdly trying to like appeal to conservatives in some way where it was like look, like you can be like a rich, like white rancher and be conservative and like not be a super racist. Like, look at us. Like we can be fine. I felt like they were trying to throw a bone to people Mm -hmm. who might like skew more conservative, but yeah, like, yeah, you know, I even felt felt like that when uh, Dylan, so father Tucker's son, who seems to be pretty provably racist is talking with Juan and that's where you know Dylan is saying you know I'm not a racist I think that people should just stick with their own kind to have Juan agree with him and say like you know maybe you're right but like we're all in this together now I was like stop throwing conservatives bones like don't let people agree with this like for how like you know quote-unquote woke this movie is I was like what are you doing trying to appeal to this weird like to each their own rhetoric that like it was weird yeah I didn't I didn't like that it it almost felt like a woke way of treating conservatives right like hey we're just as diverse in our conservativeness as you are in your skin colors some bullshit like that (laughs) yeah that that comment uh that Juan made was super unbelievable to me I I did not that took me right out of it and then you know to to our earlier conversation the father his sort of transformation i guess if you want to call it that was like the one 
element of sort of a dynamic character in the entire movie. I feel like, you know, as sort of stereotypical and uh, predictable as it was, he he did his his character was like the only dynamic character in the movie. I I can see that. I think that they tried to give uh some growth to Josh Lucas's character Dylan um by having him say gracias in the worst accent at the very end of the movie <laughs> as as a way to be like look he's not racist not gonna, anymore. Yeah, like I'm not going to give you grief for not being bilingual enough for me anymore. I'm going to say gracias. And I was like, ah, just get out of here. <laughs> T- like take your anchor baby and just like live in Mexico oh, yeah. forever. Like <laughs> the the Mexican anchor baby. That's an interesting. That was an interesting twist as well. Yeah. I did love that. <laughs> I really wanted to see her give birth though in the middle of purge. I was bummed that we get there and she's done it already. And she's like smiling and happy. And I was like, I don't yeah. feel like this was really ringing true either. I'd be pretty freaked out <laughs> yeah. if I'd just given birth in like a weird like refugee tent um, without my husband with me. Yeah, no kidding. What'd you guys think of this line? Uh, America is Mexico. America's Africa. Yeah, that was Adela talking to Juan because Juan was kind of like, this isn't really our home. Like, we don't really belong here. And she was trying to do that, like, no, America's a melting pot and it's whatever we make of it. And I was like, do people still really believe that? Like, I don't think, I think that that's like a dream that died in the nineties. Like, I don't think that people really believe in like the melting pot thing anymore. I think that they're like, I'm going to go to America because I can make more money and have a more stable life. Yeah. It felt, I mean, that's the second, I think old thought process that's come up so far that we've talked about, like this idea of the American dream being a melting pot is like, not really, like you said, it's not really, I don't think it's a shared uh, opinion anymore by most Americans. It, it it depends on where you live, we'll say. I know. And this and these movies like are a testament to that, right? Like that you can't just bootstrap your way out of a purge that was designed by the government to disproportionately murder people of color and impoverished people. Like, um, Brett, I know you haven't seen all of the other movies, and I'm sure that as soon as we're done here, you're going to go binge all of the other ones. Jumping at the bit. I know. (laughs) But in one of the movies, um, the reason why they continue with the purge is that they release these statistics that show like crime is down, homelessness is down, there's like better, you know, community harmony. And it's really because they're just killing Killing them. (laughs) So many people. It's like there's no homelessness anymore because they use purge night to just like genocide unhoused peoples. So I feel like these people who have now been in a post-purge world for literally decades. This movie takes place in 2048. So for 20 plus years, they've had purges and they're like, this is the American dream. Like anyone can like make it in America. Like as long as we just like pick and choose the best parts of all of our cultures, it's like, surely the global narrative around the purge would have like caught up with how this is actually actually disproportionately affecting like marginalized peoples so it just like didn't feel like they were thinking of their own context when writing some of these lines yeah it definitely was meant to appeal to us the viewers of the movie not like 
actually make sense in the context of the movie itself because america is way worse than mexico and way worse than africa yeah as as is evidenced by the fact that everyone in the u.s wants to get to mexico (laughs) during the six hour window and the borders open like (laughs) i was gonna say like why don't all these uh mexican dudes like just go back to mexico for the day (laughs) try coming back it must somehow be worse crossing the desert i guess than purge night i know yeah we were talking about that right after the movie like gosh uh, you know without trying to read too much into it or like ascribe too much forethought to the writers of this movie we we must be meant to assume that the countries that border the united states are just so bad to to where like people who live within a day's drive of of Canada or Mexico aren't just crossing the border for on purge on purge night. Why isn't that happening? Why doesn't yeah. the entire country just vacate? Exactly. Plan a vacation. Yeah, yeah. I feel like in one of the movies, I don't remember which one, they do talk about how travel gets restricted around the purge time. Um I was really hoping that when they they announced that the Canadian and like Mexican borders were going to be open for the like f- 6 hours um that Dylan Dylan Tucker was going to be like we can make it to Canada cuz he's super racist. <laughs> 6 hours. But of course they're closer to Mexico. Well, I am ready to talk about some of these purge deaths yeah we got a lot of good ones i do love in the purge movies how in the immediate aftermath of the purge siren going off we get these little like quick (laughs) montages of people just losing their minds um and uh this movie was the same i don't think that anything will ever top the uh quick build of a guillotine that happened in one of the earlier purge movies that was probably my favorite um, that was pretty great purge montage of all time definitely uh, gonna keep an eye out for that as i go back and watch the (laughs) the, the earlier movies it's my favorite (laughs) even the dogs get into it in this one so i think the first one that we saw was um what looked to me like a little uh domestic dispute of a woman just beating the shit out of a guy with a pipe (laughs) yeah I, I couldn't tell that it was a woman. I was just like, oh, that poor guy, his head. I hate lead pipes. Like, yeah. I hate watching people get beat in the head. Yeah. I was like, damn, girl, like, you've been saving up <laughs> for the purge night. <laughs> what did he do? Came home late. Came home late one night. Yeah. Playing Warhammer too late. <laughs> um, The purge mobile was next. And I, that actually got to me a lot. It was a little corny the way they had it set up, but I thought it was super dark. They they had this uh, big scary van driving around and they would just kidnap people and torture them inside and drive around blaring their little message. Yeah, that I felt really <laughs> like both awkward, but also awful. Uh, like it, I wasn't quite sure how it worked. Were they... Were they picking people up off the streets and then driving them around? Like, probably. Why would they continue to drive around? Why wouldn't they just like stop and do all of their torture? But I guess it's like a, because it's not. They're not trying to like. They're not on the run. They're not trying to. And then they put windows so that people on the outside could see them torturing these people on the inside. 
Yeah. It's so weird. They they really like intimidation. The the sickos in this franchise. Definitely. I I think that this one was effective because it was one of the few moments of restraint in this movie where you know that they're being tortured. You're not actually seeing the torture. And so uh, that's a, always like a good thing in horror, right? Like just letting you imagine, imagine what's happening it. to this this poor guy. Have either of you guys seen Lisey's story at all? I have or not. heard of it. Yeah, there's this <laughs> there's this really dark part in that in that uh, miniseries where um, the main character is getting tortured by by this guy who like basically kidnaps her in her own house and he eventually like slices her up with a pizza cutter it's so sick and you just hear her screaming you don't really see it you you pull back and you're just you see the house and you hear her screams and holy shit it was awful I was so glad they didn't show us and and that's what this reminded me of it was just so dark I, I really really hate knowing that people are getting tortured I don't know why I like Saw so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's so over the top, right? You're like, you're yeah. like the human body doesn't even contain that much blood. Like, <laughs> just again referencing back to the first purge. Um, there's a comment in that movie. I think it's where the the lead psychologist is trying to figure out like why people were taking so long to get started purging, and um, she's sort of talking through some of the some of the thought process that went into deciding to do the purge and she made this comment about how like wait why are they wearing masks like are people embarrassed about their behavior like it's legal isn't somebody who's like already inclined to murder like do they why would they care about doing it with a mask on and i feel like this is a similar kind of thing that like oh we're gonna torture people but we have some sort of reservations about social norms so we're going to do it in a truck but we don't want it to be too private so we're going to put windows in the truck and we're going to drive the truck around and and sort of show it off but not really show it off it was like not quite i was not quite sure what was going on in their heads but that also made it sort of more scary because it just makes the people seem so different and and terrifying because you can't sort of get inside their head and justify their actions or explain away why they're doing it this way, which is kind of kind of scary. I think that these movies really show how people who aren't being instigated by the government are performing in the purge in a very performative way, right? Like they love the drama of the costumes like this one especially I think with their kind of dark cowboy aesthetic um for the forever purgers um I think we've seen in in previous ones neon like neon was like a big kind of mask aesthetic that we see there too um probably a little bit of a Halloween costume tie-in uh that the movie producers love um but then also I think this like feeling like you're participating in something that you're you're masking up you're you're making your masks and your outward appearance look like everyone else that you're purging with so these forever purgers have their their logo right like they've got iconography that they're using they've got a slogan they're wearing similar um makeup and masks and hats and all of that so it definitely has that kind of like um culty tribal like let's make ourselves like look the same. And there's like group anonymity in that way too. The purgers basically 
just are out to kill everybody at this point. No, no reasoning. Just if you're there, you're you're getting it. They run around killing people who aren't labeled, like they're not wearing a costume or they're not waving a flag. Um, people who aren't also actively purging and people who aren't trying to hide. But like, when does that end? When do they run out of people to purge at some point? What happens? Do they sleep? Yeah, I mean, maybe that's the goal. And I mean, maybe that's like, if we want to get like real like armchair psychologist about the whole thing, (laughs) we could say like, maybe they're not thinking that far ahead. They're just like, oh, yeah, let's uh, just kill as many people as we can to make this country the way that we want it. Um, If we want to go back to, you know, our analogies, this movie was was written and filmed uh, predominantly prior to the Capitol riots. Um, But I think if you look at it in the overall context of the uh, culture that led to the Capitol riots, you would see that, like, what was their long term game plan? Were they just going to, like, kill every, like, senator and, like, (laughs) congressperson who didn't agree with, like, Trump's policies? And then where were they going from there? Were they just going to, like, systematically work their way through everyone who didn't? totally align with their beliefs so it's kind of a myopic like viewpoint that they've got which i was like yeah that checks out it's very american it's weird it does (laughs) check out actually based on that you know on january 6th um but i always ask this question you know with star wars what what does the what does the dark side actually want to do with their time like after they're done conquesting everybody same in warhammer like what is the end goal here, people? Like, what is the world you want to see happen? It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I don't think any of these people have thought that far ahead. <laughs> no. It's just, you know what? I don't like the way things are now. So I need to get rid of the people who are building today. And then we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. <laughs> but it's, I mean, it is interesting how the purge started as like, a, oh, wouldn't it be nice if you could just kind of get out some of your frustrations one night a year, and then it'd make you more stable the other 364 days uh, to like, it, it's tra- it transformed from that to like this us versus them. Like we want the country to be this way. And so it's, it, the purge became about teams. There's like a team that wears this flag and a team that wears that flag and they're killing each other. But that was like very much not sort of the way it started and it's you know we talked about this during the movie but like apparently all you have to do is just grab a t-shirt from the other team and put it on (laughs) and then you don't get purged it's kind of like i don't know why nobody had thought about that like she has this moment of insight when they're in the truck and flashes the flag out the window and she's like we're with you and they're like oh yeah and all the motorcyclists are like oh yeah you're with us yeah purge on <laughs> and then they just they just drive away easy to trick yeah easy to trick exactly oh man i think that the like death that like instigated the forever purge um or at least the first one that we see as the audience um with that reporter getting shot on camera so dark and i really like that the the characters were just like going about their business, not paying attention to the TV. So they didn't actually catch that the reporter had been shot. It was kind of a nice moment in this film. That that was a really good way of introducing the fact that, oh, wait, plot twist, things aren't over yet. Everyone sees it on TV together for the first time. 
Yeah, big moment for America. I really liked how they showed the cleanup after Purge. You never get to see that because the movie ends after Purge. Yes. And I love the the mini conversation about how the day after should be a holiday, <laughs> something you and I have explicitly talked about. It should be yes. a national holiday the day after. <laughs> to do what? I guess just to like clean off your driveway. Check in <laughs> on your friends and family, yeah. see if they got purged. Um, like, God. you know. Post a status about how you're okay on Facebook. I know, marking the like, so-and-so is checked safe from the purge. That's right. Uh, <laughs> you get a little um, badge next to your name. Oh, my God. But like. Gross. She goes into work and she's like, where is everybody? And I was just like, you idiot. It's the day after the purge. You should be like, what do you oh, think? now is the time for national mourning. Like, <laughs> where right. do you think everyone is? Like, uh, if they're not here, you can probably assume that they're dead. Anyway, um, but we do get um, we do get an emotional death. We do lose some of our main characters, which is always important on Purge Night. Father Tucker. <laughs> we yeah. call him Father Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Tucker. Um, yes. So um, he gets uh, executed by a gang of forever purgers. Um, they have this like kind of extended exchange about like switching places oh my and God. like, oh, wait, you don't have any money because I don't have any money. And I was like, we don't need to go through this no. whole song and dance, mister. Like we can just like, we, we get it. Like we understand. On. Yeah, more beating um, us over the head. Yeah, this movie clocked in at an hour 43. And I will say that it felt like it dragged in some spots. Like, it just wasn't moving, like, as quickly as it could. It was really trying to give the other characters time to catch up to yeah. the timing. But I was like, you didn't need to do this. You could have just, like, timed them <laughs> better <laughs> in this and not, like, over-scripted this scene. Yeah. Was this scene where he said, you have to kill this guy in order for us to not kill you? Your wife or wife? Yeah. Something some, like that. Something yeah. like that. There was yeah. an ultimatum made. Yeah. After this whole like standoff that happens and they kill most of those guys, um, they like had the two white women, uh, the sister Harper and then the wife Kate something, maybe. I don't remember her I name. I forget. But the pregnant lady. Um yeah, Elizabeth Banks look alike. Yeah. She um they were both like so immediately on board with like saving those two guys who just saved them and I was like and I found that a little bit hard to believe that they were like no they just saved our lives so we have to help these two guys yeah I was like is that really in character for you yeah and that theme gets carried on throughout the throughout the movie like multiple times multiple other times during the movie they reference back to oh they saved our life we have to you have to do this. <laughs> so much. It's, it becomes such a crux for the plot. Um, but when they're all together in this, like, semi, um, we see this, like, absolute, very quick devastation of their city. Like, it had just gone off the rails so quickly. There's, like, so much death, like, it, happening all over. Yeah, so fast. People were so excited. Can I tell you another moment that like I had trouble suspending disbelief was when they they pull up in the semi truck to this roadblock and they're trying to I think at this point they're trying to rescue um his his wife and so they they're trying to get to some place and they drive up in the semi 
and it says like road blocked or like I don't there was a sign I think it was not they didn't show what the blockage was and I remember <laughs> I remember thinking out loud like wait what blocks a semi truck you just you just push the little pedal on the right <laughs> and the blockage goes away and then the hilarious thing is they got out of the semi truck they split up like one group was going to stay with the truck and the other group was going to go like re- rescue his wife and then like just as they like find her and 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 save her the truck shows up to like it's so that they can all jump back in the truck and drive off again <laughs> like wait i thought the road was blocked and the truck couldn't get through i remember that happening and i was like don't worry about it brett it doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> it's a plot device it's fine oh man we we got a good jigsaw trap too kate what was up with that i mean <laughs> These guys in bunny suits hiding on a dumpster. Like, already a, weird. A, very hot already. Like, yes. terrible hiding choice. Um, and then they had a goat, like a goat to lure this woman. It's like and, Jurassic Park. I know. Uh, this, like, whole s- setup, I was like, you don't need to do so much. Like, you're doing a <laughs> lot right now. And, like, you could just... Like, why lure her? Were they planning on just, like, torturing extensively whoever they caught? And so they wanted this trap. It just felt very involved for what it was. It was so much work to set up that trap. For for somebody they don't even know, it's not even personal. They just are demented. Yeah. Yeah, the, the whole, like, implementation of jigsaw traps feels weird in this movie. If your goal is to just kill people, you don't you don't need to do that. You can just walk down the street with a gun (laughs) (laughs) which a lot of people do yeah yeah (laughs) i guess it's showing the diversity in mental like different people purge for different reasons some people are just in it for the death and other people are in it to string their victims along yeah it's it's about the journey (laughs) people just really like to flex those creative muscles when making their costumes and their traps i guess yeah. Well, I mean, the trap doesn't really work out for them. They end up getting it themselves, which should serve them right for wasting all that time. And of course, the two people of color involved are like immediately picked up by the cops. And it's like, uh, do you see like what else is happening in this city right now? Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, it's purge. It's the day after purge. Like, you know, there's going to be residual shitheads and also the news. On top of it all. But this is this is not just in this movie. I I mean, again, having only seen the one other, like even the first purge has like there's that one scene where she's the woman is standing over a grate and the rapist puts like a cable around her ankle and then like the grate slides back and you see the like creepy dude down in the sewer who's like oh, right. trying yeah. to grab at her and then there's like those two older women who like are obviously insane and set up like (laughs) hanging explosive uh stuffed animals for like isaiah to find and he almost gets blown up as a result like it's right they have this elaborate i mean there are people in this hypothetical world where who, who just get off on on setting traps i guess it's their night to shine i was surprised that they um decided to kill off uh another main character who I thought that they were going to try and give us like a happily ever after with, um, with the sister. Save that for Josh Lucas, I guess. Yeah. I like the farmhand boyfriend. 
I know. They were so cute with their peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> they were like the Romeo and Juliet of this movie. It was never going to happen, nope. I guess. It's too yeah. sad. I know, because I feel like he would have been really clutch at the end with his, like, cowboy lasso skills. Uh, there know? was foreshadowing about the cowboy lasso. Like, that was, like, that opening scene where he was shown to be incredibly proficient with his lasso. I was like, this is, I was convinced this was going to make a comeback. Like, this is going to be a thing later in the movie. There's going to be lassoing. And it does. It does <laughs> in like I, full force. <laughs> I wanted like extended lasso scenes. So I was like, you yeah. got all this buildup. We've got Chekhov's lasso like so early on in this movie. Like, please, please, please just like give us some more lassoing. And we got like one lasso scene, we which got, was fine. Was it was fine. good. It was it was cool because yeah. it was like a double lasso. It was like, again, they work together, the, <laughs> working together to, to <laughs> capture this perjure, black, brown and white. Um, and I would have loved to see like some really gross shit with the lassos, like pulling limbs apart or like choking the neck up one direction and pulling the feet the other, you know, just get like creative with it and have some fun. But it, it wasn't really... <laughs> Yeah, that would have really pushed it more into the horror realm. Exactly. I think. Because, like, this movie, like, especially the last third of it, when, like, you know they're going to have this standoff on the Mexico-U.S. border, like, they're arming themselves, they're, like, getting ready for this. I was like, this is not a horror movie. Like, there's no suspense. Like, we know what's coming in this point. So, like... The Purge, I think, if they're going to not give us suspense, then they need to give us, like, some gore to be, like, in the horror category. Yeah, that's a good point. But, yeah, man, I, I think they could – I think there was – the lasso was a missed opportunity. They had had uh, had set it up really well, and then it was a little bit disappointing. That scene at the end was – I mean, they had some guns. Um, the Native American guide who was like, bring them in close and then use the blade. <laughs> I was like, whoa, dude, you're so intense. <laughs> There's also uh, someone had a crossbow, which crossbows are interesting because once you use those arrows, they're done. But I do right. like a good crossbow. It was cool to see the crossbow in action. But I was like, that's not very smart. Yeah, I think I think this is like another example of people getting into the style of the purge. like. Oh, I need my style pick. I'm going to wear this like creative costume and use this like style pick weapon for on Purge Night just for for showing off. Exactly. I think those were the major character deaths. There is yeah. just it's a Purge movie, so there is so much mayhem and destruction. There's just bodies kind of everywhere for a lot of this movie. Um, you know, just guns going off, people getting taken down. Um, that military base getting bombed at the end, though. Yeah, and and speaking of the military, I mean, why why was everyone just assuming that everyone in the military wasn't also down to purge? You know, the martial law was declared, and I was like, yeah, but can you really trust <laughs> those guys either? Like, who can you trust in this world? Yeah, they really like. I mean, the imagery and, like, the whole thing of, like, oh, the party is tearing itself apart. Like, you have the tension of the government probably endorses this in some way, but then when it starts to hurt itself, they're like, whoa, whoa, we need to turn the dial down, guys. But when you've already 
you know, opened that box and like all of this like violence and mayhem is coming out. Like you can't really put it back um, in their symbol, not in all of their symbols, but in some of their symbols that they were using for the forever purgers, they had this like Ouroboros of the snake eating its own tail. And I was like, this is so on the nose guys. Like <laughs> it's like the, the party eating itself at some point, like the fact that they had that in their imagery and like did not put that together is, um, very ironic. Again, with the, the timing, like who, who's really enforcing that the purge is over at 7 a.m. Who's enforcing the borders at this point either? You know, these guys go to Mexico and they walk there. The purges <laughs> can just follow them. <laughs> I know who's still working like, okay, they set up these announcements so that every 15 minutes they're announcing um, that the border is closing um, with an updated timestamp. And I was like, who is in the world where they're trying to declare a forever purge? Martial (laughs) law has been declared and someone's like, oh, let me just like set up this announcement system for you. They're just like, hate that people keep working in the purge like come on stop working <laughs> yeah you need a mental health day yeah it feels like i mean i guess the, the only thought i had was that the military is the one like you said the ones who will be enforcing the end of the purge and so if the purgers want to keep purging then maybe blowing up this military base is like a way to prevent the government from from trying to stop the purge but also, like, a group of racists with, like, pickup trucks and assault rifles are no match for, like, an army base <laughs> of, like, trained soldiers. Like, that's... No kidding. I mean, they, they kind of brushed over it, but maybe they had maybe they had more than pickup trucks and AK-47s. I guess we don't know. I'm so curious in Purge 6, um, which it's got to be called something like purge pandemic or something like they're like i feel like they're gonna try and tie it into yes. like like COVID or something maybe um, they will maybe some purger will release like biological warfare oh upon, yeah upon us there was part of me that was thinking that because they they are just going so hard in on the anti-maga stuff that these forever purgers might be sponsored by some like russian nationalist like type folks who are like just trying to like destabilize the u.s or um, su- you know, supplying arms. Like, I think that that's when you get into that, like, you know, the U.S. has been doing this shit forever right. of, like, supplying, you know, counter militia, like, with arms and intel and all of that to destabilize, you know, governments. We're, like, so good at that at this point that a little bit of turnabout um, in these movies might be where it's going with either, you know, like, Russia, like, supplying arms or, you know, really trying to drive that um, wedge between the party of what it's ostensibly supposed to be and then its followers, which are like getting progressively more radicalized. Yeah. They've, they've got the, the, the purge movie, movies if nothing else do a great job of commenting on the, whatever, whatever, whatever controversy is happening today. <laughs> it's like South park. Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. <laughs> it kind of is. I mean, I, before I knew that the sixth one was going to be about a global purge, I was like, maybe they'll focus the next one on the Bay Area and really looking at um, uh, Asian American and Pacific Islander communities and like what that looks like, because that's, you know, they had already filmed, you know, the purge as like this like new level of hate crime was raising. So it, it'll be interesting to see like what they really build into the next one. 
Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, actually. I'm really glad you got me into The Purge. I, I had never really felt like getting into it until we, we covered it. It's really easy to be nit- nitpicky over it because I think that they want to be so tied into current events. Um, but it's, you know, it's an entertaining horror thriller movie. So it's it takes such a surface level point of view on so many of these topics. But I love being nitpicky. So I, <laughs> yeah. so I, I enjoy watching. Yeah, definitely. And it was fun watching with Brett. Um, there was that one character who they kept calling something something leader and it started out as brett would say powerful leader and then it turned into alpha leader and then it turned into awful leader like oh my gosh <laughs> couldn't keep would... the, the name straight or understand him it was so it was so kitschy too like come on if we want to have like a generic faceless bad guy like having him be referred to as alpha leader like really <laughs> okay <laughs> i guess that's where we're at Kate, what was the name that they gave the the purge leader in the original purge? It was something leader. It was uh Gl- glorious. Um I'll have to look it up. Uh, yeah, I don't recall. Polite leader. That's what it was. Polite leader? Polite leader. The fuck? Yeah, what is that? The leader in the first purge. <laughs> yeah, it's such wow. a weird um like convention that they've adopted for the leader names. I haven't really, I don't remember that in any of the other purges, just, just the original and this one now. Oh, that's right. Because he had that like super Americana face. Yeah. The over like exaggerated face. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah that's a good one, man. That movie is good. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, we've, covered all the basics um we've talked about the movie's highs and lows and the gore factor um so now overall what did we all what did we all think thumbs up or thumbs down for this movie i really liked it i'm giving it a thumbs up i feel like if you know about the purge series and you know what you're getting yourself into this is a great installment in in the series and it's it's more of what you're looking for um, if you've never seen a Purge movie before, you should, uh, you know, you should do a little bit of research to know what you're getting yourself into before going in to watch it. But um, yeah, it's a it it does what it does really well, and um, I was I was not disappointed. It was a enjoyable hour and forty three minutes. I would also give this one a thumbs up. I think it's a good popcorn flick. Um, it's got a lot that you can talk about as evidenced by this whole episode. Um, I think that it's uh, a natural follow on to the previous movies in the series, kind of more of the same. So if you liked the previous Purge movies, definitely watch this one. I don't think that you necessarily need to have seen any of the other Purge movies to watch this one. You could just go into it cold. Um, There's a couple of world building things that are maybe helpful to know, um, but not not mission critical to understand. So I would say to check it out. Yeah, I also give it a thumbs up. You know, I I put it a little lower on my ranking, but overall, I think all of the Purge movies are at least okay. Like they're all worth watching. And I definitely think this one is um, a fun one to have added to the episode list. So definitely go check it out. I will say that I am so excited with the concept of Purge 6. I think it's just going to be 
bonkers. I just want it to be like an hour and a half of just montage, like yes. major region by major region. I don't even need a plot. I just want to see like what does like Eastern Europe do with the purge? <laughs> I'm curious what Australia will do with the purge. Oh my gosh, I know. Little island just, country, yeah. Right, like what does Japan do? Like I, yeah. I they're just so Hawaii. Hawaii, yeah. What is Hawaii doing? Maybe they just ignore the whole thing and have a luau. They can't cross the border to Mexico. Yeah. I know. Can you I I think of like places like Hawaii where it's like there's probably like some folks who are forever purgers in Hawaii, yeah. but not enough to overtake a state. So probably not Alaska on the other hand. Yeah, that'd like, be a mess. <laughs> just let them have it. <laughs> but yeah, like what what cultures in the world are like so strict and rigid that like the yeah. purge would just look would just look so different from I don't know, you mentioned Japan, but I'm trying to think. The Philippines is interesting because the the anti-drug culture is so strong that Duterte told people that like if they suspected someone of doing they drugs could purge. they could just they could just murder them. So there's already like a mini purge like kind of happening over there. Um, related to that yeah I mean I think that countries that have like extremely strict laws I mean Singapore everyone would spit their gum on the ground it'd be a shit show yeah I mean if you have like countries like Saudi Arabia where there's a yeah. lot of like restrictions around women's like rights like are you just gonna see like women partying like I don't know it's 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 hard to imagine what that movie is gonna look like but I hope that they have fun with it and please please get some expert opinions I want to say I'm not sure who the experts necessarily would be but get some insight in the in the development of this movie from people who actually live in those countries in in the countries you want to cover because I would like it to be a little authentic in its planning agreed yeah I'm excited for purge six as well it sounds like a really cool concept well before we close out Brett I wanted to give you a chance to plug your projects that you're working on yeah sure um <laughs> right now we're in the middle of moving house so not a lot going on other than <laughs> the uh ongoing adventure that zach and i have together doing uh, a youtube channel about ta- tabletop wargaming and hobbying so if uh building and painting plastic spaceman is your is your jam then check us out on tabletop titans if you're into into gaming and hobby titans if you're into hobbying it's a it's a f- super fun time we make it enjoyable it's a fun experience love to see you over there well we were so excited to have you on our show today brett it was super fun chatting with you about this this goofy movie and uh, i hope we get to go to more drive-ins together yeah that i that that wasn't I'd never been to a drive-in either. That was a, a first and a first. First purge movie and first driving experience. So it was a, um a great I feel like the purge is also a great movie to see at a drive-in. Definitely. So thanks for suggesting this and thanks for having me on. For sure. Thanks for coming. Thanks for joining us. And to our Listeners, please stay tuned for details on our upcoming season. We have some great ideas in the works and can't wait to share it with you.
quite dead. Check out our other episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Not Quite Dead Podcast and on Twitter at NQD underscore podcast. Follow our blog for bonus content at notquitedeadpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. And happy watching.